Teen Empowerment Daily Mission is to educate, mentor, celebrate, and promote emotional well-being and school success in young people of color to be future leaders of tomorrow. Thank you, Bronx Prep, for sponsoring us and allowing us to have a conversation around gun violence. Hi, my name is Samuel Thomas. I welcome to Teen Empowerment Daily. Uh, today is going to be a very serious topic. Our very own uh, Oliver Askia, a graduate from Bronx Prep uh, in 2011, uh, was uh, fairly shot in the chest on Morris Heights on November 30th. Oliver was not only a victim of unreasonable attack, but a victim of an ongoing plague that was that that affected many individuals today, and that is gun violence. All right, my name is Lourdes Flores, and I am Bronx Prep High's principal. Perfect. Tell me, um, what is one memory um, you have of Oliver? So Oliver was a member of my first class that I ever taught Spanish to here at Bronx Prep. Um, so I remember him as a student, um, always smiling, always having a positive mindset, a positive way of being, always looking out for others. I must say what I remember him for and what my family remembers him most for was his performance in the arts um, and all his performances, just who he was. Um, and it really allowed him to shine. Oliver was also, I remember the first conversation I had with him because um, that was my first time I interacted with someone who was Spanish speaking um, but also from the Garifuna background, and it was my first time being like, this is dope. Like, I have scholars who speak Spanish, but they also are the different backgrounds. And it was a beautiful thing because he added context as a Spanish teacher to be like, hey, many people of many colors, race, locations speak Spanish, so, you know, enjoy this. And it allowed his classmates to also just be like, a word? Like, you speak Spanish? I didn't know that. And, you know, he smiled like, yeah, it's kind of on the low kind of thing. Um, but he was just a beautiful person overall. Um, I remember he participated and, and spoke on behalf of his class at other conferences outside of Bronx Prep on a, like a national level with the school principal at the time. Um, so he was just positive vibes. And when you're around positive and joyful people, it brightens you up. When you heard about the news uh, about Oliver, what instantly came to your mind? Besides... See, now I'm getting choked up, thanks. <laughs> um, it was a lost opportunity. Like you feel, you work in the Bronx, as a Bronx native, you wanna see our youth make it. You wanna see people making a difference. And he definitely was. I know he had his podcast with other classmates that he taught or he, you know, he has his business, but it was, it was a loss, it was a hit. Um, and obviously I'm just his teacher, but all my students are my children. You know, and they, I'm connected to many of them still, so I felt their loss on that moment. Why is it important to talk about gun violence and, and guns um, with our students so they can be aware about issues like this? It's twofold because what they see on the news is like, you know, mass shootings happening across the U.S. at, at schools or in certain locations. And sometimes our kids will be like, well, that won't happen here in New York because, you know, we're in the Bronx. Like, that's not a thing. But it's a different kind of thing for us. Like our gun violence in our community is not what we see in the news. It's our family members, right? It's gangs. It's sometimes, you know, police involvement or like mishappenings. And so they have to understand their rights. 
but they also have to know that they have a voice. And so when things like this happen, it's not, yes, we have to grieve, but we also have to process like what's next, right? Like what are our elected officials gonna do about it, right? Like how can we get together and mobilize to make sure it doesn't happen again? And yes, naming a street after someone is beautiful, but it has to be bigger than that, right? Like how do we get these guns off the streets, right? With, in Oliver's case, what's happening, right? Like who, uh, who did the shooting? What leads do we have? How are the cops investigating this? Or is it just like another, you know, person of color we lost, so, you know, we added to the list. And that's not fair to us. Because if this definitely happened in another area code or zip code, it would be a different. Um, so we definitely have to take this and keep pushing forward and educate our kids that voting is important because they're the ones who are going to make a difference. And as we saw with our current elections and the current <laughs> election coming up in 2020, it's them who are going to make a difference. Lourdes Flores, Bronx Prep Principal. My name is Charles. I graduated 2011. All right. Well, what is something that you remember from Oliver, about Oliver? <clears throat> um, I remember a lot of things from Oliver. Oliver was a type of kid that was um, very positive. Um, he wanted people around him to be positive, and um, he had a good head on his shoulder. Um, something I also could remember is that he's like really talented, like you know, performing arts, like you know, uh, musicals, um, doing like little episodes and shows on YouTube and stuff like that. Um, but this one particular moment, I remember where Oliver was um, at Bronx Pop. You know, we used to have musicals, and the tradition was all the seniors had to be in it. Um, so, you know, I wasn't really into, in, into the, like, arts and stuff like that. I was more of, like, you know, sports, basketball. So I was like, cool, I'll do it. Um, the performing arts teacher wanted me to play the main role. But um, me knowing the type of person Oliver was and the... And, uh, and the, t the talent that he had, um, you know, I suggested that he should get he should get the uh, the main role, um, and you know the performance. The are the teachers they felt the same way, um, and it was good. It was a good show. The show was for like three hours, but like he stood out the most. He really stood out the most. Um, another memory I can remember is our senior trip. Like, you know, we were just having mad fun, just talking about life and what we wanted to do in life. And like, you know, couldn't believe that, you know, we was graduating and stuff like that. So um, that was the type of person Oliver was. Um, Oliver, the moment, it's kind of hard to pick one for the simple fact that we've known him for like the last 16 years. So, so like, the memories that we do have of him, they're like always positive. Oliver was the life of the party. He always made people smile. He was always happy. He always made sure everyone around him was always happy and okay. He always loved to put a smile on people's face. And one good memory that everyone knows of Oliver is that smile that he always walked around with. He was always one person that was always in like positive spirits. Like we've known him since 2003 and we graduated in 2011 and that was just like literally every 
day with him. Even outside of school, we would always, like, meet up with each other on the weekends. And it was like, we kind of grown to become like a family. And it was like a bond that you wouldn't really like find anywhere else. So I don't really have like one set memory of Oliver. But what I do know was that my memory while being inside of Bronx Prep, Oliver found his passion for acting. That's his passion for acting his passion for music because he was a choir. That's where he started off at. And he was always in like the plays that um that they had here in the school. And he I was, was just about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> like he was he was always involved and it's crazy because like we had a small class and it wasn't it was really like more girls and it was guys so he was like in the in the place he normally he had like the main role and it's because it was just like his personality always like shone through so it was just like here you're going to be in the center and he he handled it well he relished he relished in that moment every time he got to be on stage it was like now look at me look what i could do like she said we've known each other for 16 years and i was in choir with oliver in fifth grade all the way up to 12th grade, <laughs> we did, like, everything together. He's one of, like, he's everybody at Bronx Prep. We were family, like she said, but, like, he is a brother. That's my brother, and I'm mad that they took my brother from me. One of my favorite things about him was his laugh. Like, that boy, as soon as he started laughing, the whole class would look at him like, Oliver, bro, like, you're really loud. Yeah. He had a, a great laugh. He was in all of the musicals, like every musical that Bronx Prep ever did, Oliver was in. And our eighth grade year, they did The Wiz. And I was cast as Eveline and I hated it. Cause I was like, she's ugly and she's fat. And I wasn't confident in my skin and who I was yet. And Oliver looked at me, he was like, man, but you're not ugly. So what does it matter? He said, you just acting. You got to bring this character to life. And he was the lion. Ooh. Played that part well. <laughs> he was courageous. And he really, he really helped me to find my courage throughout eighth grade because I really wasn't confident. But watching him in practice and seeing how confident he was just making mistakes and learning from him, his mistakes helped me to build my confidence in eighth grade. Like, all right, I might be playing a character that I don't think is the best, but I'm acting and I'm enjoying myself and I'm with my friends and I can find the courage to be somebody that I'm not and find myself in the process. And because of that, I love acting now. Like, the teachers that were there were amazing, too. But acting with Oliver and all of the people that were in musical theater was, like, that's one of my favorite memories. Like, every time I come in this building, I think about going to the gym and being on that stage. And, and we would like to start with a moment of silence.
Manny, can you read, can you please read the, the, the statistics of gun violence in the Bronx or the United States? Okay, so this is from everytownresearch.org slash gun violence America, and it said that death by guns by intent is 36,383 people. 22,274 of those deaths are by suicide. 12,830 of them are by homicide. 487 unintentional deaths unintentional deaths, 496 by law enforcement, 295 un are undetermined. So uh, it's kind of scary when you think about it. And another one by uh, lawcenter.guilfords.org said that 100 Americans are killed with guns every day. Over 1.2 million Americans have been shot over the decade. 36,000 Americans are killed by guns each year, an average of 100 per day. And in 2017, gun violence reached its highest peak in 40 years with 39,773 deaths that year alone. So I want to open up, like, what do you guys think about those statistics? So um, I would like to bring attention to the fact that this is not <clears throat> getting enough media coverage because I don't know if you guys, re um, if you guys have realized, but, like, ever since Trump has, like, gotten inaugurated, every single day that we turn on the news, no matter what the topic is, Trump is somehow brought up and not enough uh, coverage is being done for this gun violence because it's we're having a spike in gun violence and it's really sad because it's happening in our own communities and people are dying and there's nothing being done about it. I have a question. Do you mean um, gun violence is not being covered, the, the general topic, or that this person, he's not getting the coverage that he deserves? I mean the general topic because Oliver is not the only victim of gun violence. Just this past weekend, there was a video of a small child uh, who was shot and his mother crying over his body, and he's not the only person uh, who's you know has been a victim of gun violence. There have been other people, and just the general topic of gun violence has not really been properly taken care of. Um, I would also like to answer your question. I would um, it's also about Oliver because I've um, if you look at his article. His article was very short, and usually articles are more longer than, like, one page. And his article was really short, and I was surprised by that. Okay. You see, I understand, but here's the thing. Everyone, everyone every day dies, right? And not everyone, that everyone's death, they can't have a coverage, you know? Like, even though his death is really sad, like, you can't be obligated to do a coverage for this one person all the time. Like, with the junior situation, that was different because, like, it was something like it was major that happened and so much events took place in the the timeline and there was footages and everything but with the guy that just got shot at a nightclub it doesn't i'm not saying it doesn't deserve the coverage but you can't expect so much coverage for this one person when this thing happens to everyone um hey it's roki um i understand what you're saying but the news is being caught like so much of this Trump stuff that people really couldn't care less about is being broadcasted every single day, the same person every single day. So like, yeah, I could understand if it's being broadcasted a few times, but like this, like there's a, there's a level of like understanding when it comes to, um, yeah, not every like death by, sh by being shot should be broadcasted all the time. But yet again, if you're going to be broadcasting the same thing about Trump every single time, it sh comes to show that you're really not caring about what else is going on in the world. So I just, like, want I, I totally ag agree with you guys. I'm Rokiatu, and I just 
uh, I understood what you meant. Well, like every newscast couldn't be about someone dying because of a gun, but if what was sh- what is shown in the news right now of everything being about an impeachment, there can be space for every not every but important um, gun violence situations. Because if if there was only one newscast or maybe zero, there would be enough to explain the actual problems that are happening right now. Um, and to draw back to something quick about what Elizabeth said about the Junior situation, um, Junior did get the proper coverage that he was supposed to get, but I feel like the only reason why he got that coverage was because celebrities brought awareness to it, which I'm very proud of these celebrities using their platform for good, but then we see that um, someone like uh, Oliver, who was killed by gun violence, I feel like to everyone else, it's just like, oh, like it was probably gang related or he has some type of like, you know, beef with someone. So it's not getting the proper attention that he's supposed to be getting. So I think that's, yeah. What's sad about it is because it, it's becoming so much of a norm, people dying by like guns. Like, literally, once you say it, no one really like has any emotion towards it because it it became so normal like for example like i remember us talking about it but if someone said oh ariana grande got shot everyone's gonna jump up and be like yo what but if anyone if but if it's anyone else no one really does anything and um um that piggybacks to um young people having to live with the fact like having to live with all this gun violence and it being their norm like children having to sleep and hearing gunshots at night and it's honestly so sad that children have to go through that and for that to be their norm and for their for them to be able to to have to live through it and having like things like family members and friends um having their um lives ended because of guns and because the right people can have the guns like you know all of that a lot of this comes from the environment which we live in a lot of this comes from the environment which we live in. I feel like a lot of the gun violence comes from gang-related activities. How people feel like they need to retaliate in any way possible. Living in the environment we live in, day to day, I see people get shot. People get shot. A lot of, um, I have my cousin shot in the chest. He was a bystander. Um, by a gang member. Um, I see, I see people join gangs just for the sole reason of protection, and it's really sickening because I feel like it shouldn't come. It should never come to that because I feel like we we have a tongue for a reason. We're given that to speak and to de-escalate situations. But instead of that, people jump to violence whenever needed and most likely guns. And so, like, it's really saddening. Because I see my, my cousin, he turns a gang member. And I fear for his life every day he leaves the house. Because it's like, because he's involved in that life now that that him dying from a gun wouldn't be as surprising. Um, To comment on to the aspect that he said about the parts of like our neighborhoods like if you like talk about gun or like gang related like with gun violence a lot of people would typically like refer to like chicago or detroit you know chicago is like like one of the deadly like violent violent places in america like you know they call it chirac because they said that more people die there than like in like in the middle east and like the war so they it tends to like have a bad reputation is like doing part because like the gang related like activities like you know as yusuf said like that's also a key part about guns like um 
which in like in part like it affects like the youth because like they see that and like there's nothing they can do about it so they wish to um try and like avoid it or like do something to protect themselves from it that um manny that was a good point that you made looking at gun violence because when i'm thinking about gun violence that's happening in our neighborhoods is not when we hear about gun violence we hear about the mass shooting but that's not the type of gun violence where we see on the regular in our neighborhood why do you think that those gun violence that's happening those the type of gun violence happening in our neighborhood is not as explicit as as a mass shooting that's happening in other places in in the world all right so i wanted to add on to you guys about how um gun violence like the situations of it isn't really brought up in the news because i've i read not too long ago one statistic that said that um that said that um, gun violence, like shooting is like the number one lead for um, black people dying. So it's like, it's really crazy how isn't, it isn't really brought up that much. And um, well, I would like to somewhat disagree with the people that are saying that um, gun violence is somewhat caused by gang gangs um I, I i agree with that but i also think it's called because of the lack of enforcement that they use and when you're going to purchase a gun because actually like nowadays people could go inside a, a pawn shop i think that's what it's called and could go buy a gun and without like any problems but they should actually enforce that because if people couldn't buy guns that easily there would be no gangs using guns to kill people or there would be no gun violence. Uh, so I have a question for Olia. So when you hear someone uh, dying in the news, do you automatically assume that it was a person who got who died from um, a gunshot? Yeah, yeah. So why do you why yeah, do you feel that way? Um, in our area, mainly because a lot of hatred that people carry nowadays, a lot of people aren't able to express their emotions, and they feel like any situation they get into that's a way to release it. And some people go about it, and, and it escalates too quickly. And it turns into a homicide, and so like that's that's why I I think it's gang violence because people go and seek protection from these people that know not much better. They go to these people and they f and they think that they will protect them, not knowing that it will put them in harm's way. I had a cousin die due to gang related activities, a gunshot, and it was really devastating because he was looking for protection from his friend, and they thought he was close to them and it was something that escalated really too fast um i want to piggyback on what yusuf said because like i could relate to him in many ways i could i could really relate to him and um one key word that he said was protection and it's scary because like it's so easy for people to get a gun like i remember there was this video where it was like i don't know i think he was like 13 um he tried to buy like beer they wouldn't let him try to get cigarettes wouldn't let him but he, like in a few minutes he was able to buy a gun and it's like it's so easy to get a gun yet a gun is so fatal and um people using that as like a form of like it, you try to understand people trying to get it as a form of protection but then people using guns the wrong way and putting it against people's lives and then that person at the other end of the gun is thinking at that moment that they have a power <laughs> a certain type of power to say oh i'm going to take this person's life away like 
they they have that type of position or that type of authority to say like I deserve to take that person's life away it's really sickening and the fact that not a lot is being done about it and it's at a point where it's like you can't really do much because it's like it's really deep into a situation that it's not easy to solve and yeah I have like walked into a Walmart and um, traveled to the back you know there's different sections and there's literally a section where it says guns and I, I don't remember the exact place where I went to Walmart but if it's that easy to get it at a place where you can get uh, you can do your grocery shopping get some clothes it's that easy to go and just take a gun off a rack and go to the cashier, which um, was tying into what Joshua Rokiatu said about how it's not—it's that easy, which then ties into how, like the result of getting this gun that easy. I pose a question to you all: Do you think that um, the U.S. government should take an action to e- abolish the the gun laws, or they should make it more stricter? What's that? What's that going to do? People always tend to get something that they don't even want. Exactly. You know? They always tend to get something that is illegal. You know, that's what happens with drugs. So, like, that's not really going to help anything. The Prohibition Act, like, when we learned in eighth grade, when they banned alcohol, um, typically people want things that they're not allowed to get, which is, like, it's kind of ironic because, like, they tell you you can't have this. You're, you're more tense. Like, oh, why can't I have it? Like, why do you say I can't have it? So now they want it. Like, the Prohibition Act that we learned back in eighth grade, um, it was like when they banned alcohol, people still drink alcohol. Like, they brewed it. They went to illegal bars, and they still drink it because, like, the government... They banned it, but then they reinstated it because they knew, well, this isn't working. So it's like utterly useless. But I like I get what you're saying, too. But there's other countries in the world that ban guns. Um, Priscilla, I don't know if you want to continue talking about that. I was going to just put that out there. I'll give back the mic to Fatima. I was going to say because there's countries like we're learning Korean. Korea is one of the safest countries in the world, and they don't have not even the police have guns. So there's a bunch of safe countries that have these laws that we don't have, so that's why I posed the question. So instead of saying who cares or what doesn't matter, just answer. Do you think that they should or just make it stricter? I just have a quick question. Um, like, I, I totally agree with you, but does, um, Korea is a very small country, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you're talking about South Korea, I believe? South so Korea. South Korea, right. South Korea is a small country. The United States is so huge, we cannot keep track of every single person who owns a gun. Mm-hmm. And the government is, it's, it's gonna be hard since, like, you've seen, like, you've, we've learned about the government and the branches and all that. So it's gonna be hard to, like, like make sure every single one doesn't have a gun. Cause, like Samuel said, it's very easy. Like we were talking about, it's very easy and that people always still have and find a way to get something illegal. Um, I, I just wanted to pose this, I just wanted to pose this out there. Just like a little food for thought, like think about it. Humans typically, like, you know, they're saying like not everyone's born evil. They're like taught it. So like people typically, like let's say you take away guns, but like people will still find another way or forms to kill one another. Like, you know, for example, like, I don't know, like religious sense, like Cain, brother of Abel, he killed his brother with a rock. So it's like people tend to like, like you never know, like people can find other methods to kill people. Like not necessarily has to be a gun. Just a little food for thought. So, wait, uh, real quick, I have, like, a really important question because we're all talking about how gun violence, like, is affecting our community, but my question for you guys is, like, how has gun violence, like, personally affected you? Well, I lost a family member to gun violence. My cousin's been shot. Thank God he recovered. 
And it's just a thing that like people hold a gun and they think they have a sense of authority. And that's what people try to, what they find in life. Like they feel like they have to have a sense of authority to feel powerful. And that's a lot of what we see. Like people buy certain things to feel like that they have this power. People try to work out because they have this sense of power. Some people feel like they need a gun to show that they have some self-worth, some sense of powers. Well, how gun violence affected me was, you know, I'm not ashamed to admit it, but I live in the projects, right? So I lived there. So it was a moment when I was when I was sleeping, and so there's a corner store right down there. So I was sleeping, and all I heard was loud gunshots, boom, 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 and I jerked up awake. So I ran to the living room just to see what was happening, and you see someone, a body laying on the floor, blood sprayed everywhere. So it's like me seeing that when I was a kid, it's just like horrifying, you know? Like you don't know what's going on. You, you don't know what's going on, so so it's like, why why stuff like this has to has to happen? You know, what what have I done or what have people around them done to have this stuff happen to them? Like, is yeah, nice. That's it. That's that's all I gotta say. I wanna end it by everybody going around a circle. Should we ban guns? Do you think banning guns will end the uh, violence? Um, Quick answer from everybody. Let's start from Fatima and then and and then we end back to Fatima. We're closing out. I personally don't think that banning guns will end the violence because if anything, like people are going to still find ways to like get hold of guns. And I don't think guns are the like are the exact issue. I just think it's the person who possesses the gun. That's the real issue. I believe that gun violence, I said gun violence, I believe guns should be um, banned as a whole because we have school shootings, most school shootings happen because of guns, and yes, Fatima's right, um, it's mostly because of the person that possesses it, but a bunch of these like mass shootings and all these stuff would go away, not the killings, but mass shootings, they would go away if we just abolish guns as a whole. Um. I personally don't agree that guns should be um, abolished because, like what uh, Manny was stating, that um, people will still try to find the ways how to get guns back. And if guns are not allowed, I think there will actually be like a uh, a rebellion between people that actually guns will be used more and there will be more um, crimes and death than there is when when guns are allowed. Um, I don't think they should be abolished. I think like it should just be stricter or like harder to get them. And like, if you're like, if they see like the person who you're buying from feels like you're not mentally stable to have one, you shouldn't like have it because like as we've seen like people who do these mass shootings are typically mentally unstable. So I think that should be just stricter to get one. All right. So I believe that it should be abolished. But um, I agree with what Joshua was trying to say that if it does get abolished, then people will like try to rebel and want to like bring it will bring it will actually bring more violence to the to community and society so yeah i don't think guns should be abolished i think it should be certain laws to make make it harder for people to get check people's backgrounds just a lot of precautions to make sure that it doesn't get into the wrong hands and something like this from happening again. Um, I'm piggybacking between my point and Manny's point, but I low-key feel like maybe if, if, if guns were abolished completely, like even police wouldn't have them 
But like if a police will have them only like in a military type of situation, people wouldn't feel a certain type of need to need to have a gun in like in a style of protection. Uh for me personally, I think it's it's an I have no comment because regardless whether or not we ban guns, people's gonna find a way to get the guns. I'm sorry, but it's the truth, that's how reality works. So I have no comment. Banning banning gun is not gonna do anything like Samuel said, like as he said that someone's gonna find a way to get a gun, it's gonna be the same thing. The only thing I can say is that it's the the only thing that we can do is make it harder for people who, who are not supposed to be trusted with guns to get them. Like that's the only thing we can say and that we can um that can actually have the ability to actually try to stop something like that. So um, I think that this was a really successful talk and I'm glad that I was able to hear like everyone's perspectives and I think that this is a conversation that we need to have more as a community, not only as a community but like as a youth because it's not really talked about within our age group. And um, I would like to thank everyone for participating in this talk. Um, so for any of our listeners, uh, please email askteenempowermentdaily at gmail.com and ask us any questions you have about gun violence and tell us if you've ever experienced any type of gun violence. And we thank you for listening.